singer-songwriter, we had the opportunity to talk to Ruth B. over Zoom video. Ruth B. talks about being born and raised in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and how she got into music. Ruth B. tells us that the very first song she ever wrote was Lost Boy, which now has over six, I think 602 plus million plays on Spotify, which is absolutely crazy. But she talks about how that song was written. That was the first song she's ever written fully. And it all started on Vine, where she would write like a lyric, like a line a day. And she'd string together like these six-second clips, which eventually became Lost Boy. And she put that up on YouTube, and it just went nuts from there. But the very first line she wrote for Lost Boy was how it all got started. She says she woke up in the morning and it had like 84,000 likes on Vine, and that's how the whole process started. She tells us this incredible story about when she worked at Marshall's, getting a call from a manager that called like this private line, somehow found this private line, getting signed to a record label, putting out her first album, and all about this brand new record she just released called Moments in Between. You can watch our interview with Ruth B. on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be awesome if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're Bringing It Backwards with Ruth B. This podcast is all about you, your journey in music, and we'll talk about the new record that you have coming out tomorrow. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So um, are you, tell me first off, where were you born and raised? Yeah, so I was born and raised in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Um, okay almost 26 years ago it's my birthday next month well happy um, birthday thank you yeah my parents both immigrated here from ethiopia um, wow. like mm-hmm. i think i think my dad was like 40 years ago my mom almost 30 so yeah they came here they met each other had me and my brother and happily ever after <laughs> <laughs> well how did they get, what took them to canada my dad uh, actually left Ethiopia as a refugee and then he came to Edmonton on a scholarship. And then my mom, she was just one of her sisters was here. So she was sponsored. Oh, wow. Yeah. wow that's incredible. Cool. I used to always ask them like, why Edmonton? Because it's just so random. But yeah, I guess they each had their own little paths. Brought them that's, here. that's really cool. That's really cool. Um, well, how did you get into music? So I'd always loved music ever since I was like a kid I don't really remember a time where I wasn't obsessed with singing or like listening to music around the house or whatever it was I was just always such like an avid music lover um so I don't think there was ever a point where I wasn't into it you know it was just always a part of me okay and what did you start singing at an er early age or is that kind of where it started yeah yeah I started um I was really singing around the house ever since my mom also was in the choir. So she was always singing. I guess I was um, kind of copying her. And then I think when I was about eight, my parents put me in piano lessons. And that's when like the musicianship of it like started happening. And it wasn't just like I love singing, but I love just making music and stuff. Um, so yeah. Wow. Did you start writing your own songs pretty early on? No, it's weird because like I used to love writing like stories or poetry and I, I love to read. And then I loved music, but I, I didn't put the two together until later in life um, with with a song called Lost Boy. That was like the first song I'd ever really written. So, wow. no, I didn't I didn't start writing songs until I was like older, which is it's I look back and I'm like, it's so weird. But I guess everything happens the way it's supposed to happen. Yeah. So Lost Boy was the first song you ever wrote. 
It was the first like full song I'd ever written. Yeah. And then 600 plus million plays later. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Pretty, pretty insane for that to be the first song for sure. Is that wild to look at your Spotify and just think like this many millions of people have listened to my music? Definitely. Yeah. Anytime even like someone says it like that, you don't get used to it. Never. It's like such a bizarre concept, but it's so, it's so cool that something I wrote casually in my basement, in my pajamas, eating Oreos, like turned into something so crazy. (laughs) That's so amazing. Um, I did read that you kind of got your start on Vine, right? Isn't that kind of what launched a little bit of your career? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Vine uh, definitely kind of started everything in terms of like me putting my music in front of people. I think up until then I was pretty shy like I didn't like performing I didn't like singing in front of people I just like doing it in my room then Mm -hmm. Vine kind of allowed me to do that but like people were watching I just couldn't see them watching me I guess so Mm -hmm. um yeah I started like making these like six second videos eventually making up six second clips and one of them happened to be Lost Boy that was the one that like really took off but yeah I definitely owe a lot of credit to to Vine. How did uh because I, I remember Vine. I didn't really dabble in Vine too much, but yeah. um, I did. I remember watching a ton of them. Um, but <laughs> how did Lost Boy, do you remember? Because I've talked to a few other artists that have like really gotten popular from Vine. Like Anna Clendenning was a big Vine person. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, like how like did Lost Boy, was it shared by somebody that was like a Vine? Can, it was like influencers, wasn't that wasn't really a thing. It was just people had followings on the on certain platforms but yeah like how did that song really start getting in front of people do you remember yeah so i mean i think i posted like the little snippet of it it wasn't a song when i put it on vine i was literally just like messing around i'd been watching a tv show about peter pan so i kind of just like made up this line i'm a lost boy from neverland you just hang out with peter pan posted <laughs> it and like went to bed and the next day i woke up it had like eighty-four thousand likes or something and that just never happened at the time Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know if someone like big shared it. I'm, maybe that's what happened. But like, I just woke up and it was all these notifications. People were like, what is this? We want more. We want more. Um, and so I just decided to kind of like for a week, I would just add a new line every day. And it was like super fun. And then eventually oh, I had a hook. Wow. And that's when I was like, let me let me sit down and write this full song. <laughs> so it started with one line that went on Vine and then you were adding to that one yeah. lyric. And that's kind mm-hmm. of what became the whole song. Wow, that's exactly. fascinating. Yeah, it was it was a wild time for sure. <laughs> that is so cool. So were the I mean, obviously people were following the song at that point. That must have been such a cool journey for people to kind of take with you. And then yeah. now it's this massive hit. Like, wow. It's so crazy. It's so yeah, I would just literally come home. I was a first year college student at the time working at Marshall's and I would like come home from school right before my shift and like make up a new line post it and just like be so excited to come home from work and read what people were saying and in the comments but it's cool because it felt kind of like a collaborative effort with me and and the listener and I feel like maybe that's why it's like resonated with people a lot too especially those core people who knew it before it was like what it is now it was just like lines being added on vine so yeah I'm sure there's so many people out there that are, or there that are like oh I remember oh when yeah people we, always was, say that to me I people always say like I was there yeah. I was there following you when you, you were four lines into the song. Like, this is exactly. so cool. Like, yeah. that is such a cool thing. Yeah. Um, and well, from that, we're like, I don't, I don't know how 
like i mean nowadays like if you put a song up on like spotify for example and it gets a million plays like record labels or tiktok people are going to be like oh like record labels are going to start contacting you was it like that with vine or did you have that experience with that song yeah i did so when it was on vine um i guess here and there but as soon as i like put it up on youtube as a full song that's when like everything started to happen and I would like it was funny I was at um work one day at Marshall's and like somehow these like this management company from New York found out that I worked at Marshall's and they called the Marshall's I was working at um, and my manager was paging me like Ruth Berge um you know on line one and I was I pick up and he's like is this Ruth B and I'm like at the time no one called me that so I was like yeah I guess (laughs) and yeah so just yeah as soon as I posted it online it it was like different labels and different everything and it just it was so overwhelming but also so exciting for sure so what happened with the 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 Marshall's call was your boss like who who the hell is that yeah yeah my (laughs) my boss was like what the heck was that because like people don't call that line unless it's like your family like there's an emergency or something right. and I was like dude and no one at like no one at work knew that I was like doing vine or anything because that was very much my own thing and I just explained quickly I was like well I put the song up and they were like all excited for me like that's so cool was it a man you said it was a management company yeah it was just I don't even remember who but it was some sort of company out based in New York Wow. And then yeah. so the, the record labels are also contacting you at this point. And then are they kind of yeah. courting you trying to get you to sign with them? Like, t- tell me about that yeah. experience a little bit. Yeah, it's very much um like what you hear, like in movies and stuff or with people flying you out and doing all this extravagant stuff to get you to sign with them and whatnot. And um, that Stick definitely was the case. And- <laughs> oh, yeah. like, Disneyland. Hotel room. <laughs> One Direction tickets. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, backstage pass to meet them. It was pretty, it was pretty intense. Um, <laughs> but it was just, I mean, I look back at that time. I'm like, I can't believe that was like my life. That was really intense. That's cool yeah. though. Mm-hmm. And then you decided to sign a deal. You put out your first record and that does amazing. I mean, it goes yeah. gold, which is mm-hmm. huge. Tell me yeah. about that. Yeah, that was uh, really exciting. And I think that that time is when I really just fell in love with writing music and creating it. Again, Lost Boy was the first song and then Safe Haven. Those were like the next 11 that I'd written. And I made a point to write all the music myself just because I wanted to look back at my first album and be like, that was exactly what I was going through, what I was feeling at the time. Um, but yeah, it was also there was also a lot of pressure with that too. Following a song like Lost Boy, I just remember constantly being like, nervous and stressed and I think just even as I've grown I'm like happy to know that I've kind of outgrown that a little bit just like not outgrown it there's always pressure but Mm -hmm. I feel like for me that first album was like the most most pressure I've probably ever felt with and will probably ever feel in terms of really yeah I can't imagine that with having a huge song like that right out the gate then now you have this major label behind you and it's like okay now you got to do it again. Not only do you yeah. have to do it again, you got to provide 11 songs that are bangers like that first one. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I felt all of that, especially, I think I was like 20 at the time. Like I just was like letting, I was like sinking in it. Um, But yeah, eventually, I mean, I just, you just have to like not, and then learn how to just like make the music and enjoy that. Cause everything mm-hmm. else is just outside noise, especially when you're making art, like you don't want to make it cause you're like aiming at something or this is the goal. And that's what, I felt like a lot of people were like putting in my ear. Ultimately, I was like, I just want to make songs that people like. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And then once the record's done, obviously it does amazing, goes gold. Like, do they put you on tour or like, 
how did how did that work yeah so my first like touring experience I actually opened for um Alessia Cara who's fellow wow. Canadian she's incredible yeah um and that was like super amazing like such a great we I think it was like 30 shows or something so it was a wow. lot right out the gate yeah um so I did that for a couple months and then took a break and then I did my own tour which was like a lot um it was in three parts but yeah and it, that was a whole other experience as well just because I told I mentioned earlier too that I had this like anxiety of being in front of people and stage fright was something I really had to overcome um but all those shows I think really really like helped me do that and that's probably the thing I'm the most proud of now is like that I actually love performing and enjoy it whereas mm-hmm. before it was like I couldn't sleep the night before I couldn't eat oh, like wow. it was just, yeah it was such a it was insane but mm-hmm. now I'm like it's my favorite part We'll be right back with more from Ruth B. Right after this. Is something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? As a valued member of our Bringing It Backwards community, you've been able to relate and empathize with artists and our own stories of mental health. We've all made a lot of sacrifices during this pandemic, and now is the time to take care of you. Don't get discouraged, as we all know too well how hard it is to coordinate professional counseling with our two kids, find someone affordable that we can relate to that can assess our needs before we invest several hours in childcare, driving, and waiting in a waiting room to be let down after waiting several weeks or months to be seen. Don't limit yourself to finding counselors in your area. You can find professional counselors who are specialized in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, self-esteem, and more. BetterHelp is not self-help. It's not a crisis line. It's confidential, convenient, professional counseling done securely online. Start communicating in less than 48 hours. You'll be able to message your counselor anytime and receive timely, thoughtful responses. BetterHelp is available worldwide. It's secure over video or by phone. So many people have found success with BetterHelp that they're actually recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional counseling and financial aid is available. Check out their testimonials, which are posted daily on their site. We want you to start living a happier life. As our listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com backwards. Join us and over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot slash backwards. Thank you to BetterHelp for making this episode possible. Now back to the interview. That's cool. And then you were also nominated for a bunch of Juno Awards too. That must have been, I mean, that's like the the Grammys essentially of, of Canada, right? Canada. I mean, everyone knows the mm-hmm. Juno Awards there. Was that a yeah. huge, I mean, I can't, obviously it was a huge deal, but was it at that point, was it kind of like a validating moment for like maybe your family? Like, okay, she's really <laughs> an artist now. I mean, I don't know. Like, tell me about that. Yeah. Yeah. I think even for me, it was really validating just because you come from like a, anytime I think you come from like a social media story or like a Vine thing, it's, it's easy to feel like, oh, this is just like a fluke or whatever. But mm-hmm. when you actually start to see people appreciating your music and your writing for what it is, I think that just really like gives you the confidence to be like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. And I, the Junos was like such a monumental time in my life that I'll never forget. And yeah, it was crazy. Wow. What was it like going to the award ceremony? so cool so cool I, I mean I had no expectations so mm-hmm. to go there to win something was like insane and it, I got to share it with my family they were all there my team was there it was one like one of the best nights ever wow and you got to go two years in a row right 
Yeah. Yeah. I went two years in a row. Um, I think the next year I, I presented, which was fun. I, I've never done that before. Um, but yeah, I mean, those awards are, are, are so fun and there's always like familiar faces and you get to catch up with people you haven't seen in a long time. So it's mm. cool. That's awesome. That's really awesome. Well, I want to know where were you when this whole pandemic hit? Like, were you writing this this record that's coming out tomorrow? Or was this something that you fully wrote during this lockdown or? Yeah, so this was like 50-50. I was uh, right before I started in 2019, I'd moved to New York where I was uh, writing most of it, majority of it. And I think I had like six songs. And then as soon as like everything started happening, I, it made sense for me to just come back to Alberta until things blew over. And so, I, I mean, I, I thought I'd be here for like a month, maybe two. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously that turned into a lot longer, but I, I mean, I knew I was in the middle of working on an album and I didn't just want to put that on hold. So I set up a little home studio kind of here and with my executive producer, we made it work. And it was like intense and, and hard because you go from like working in a studio every day to like back in your room. But I think in a way it was almost like nice for me just because it, it really brought me back in touch with like how I first started writing mm -hmm. and my how I first fell in love with it, which is just me and my room on my keyboard. So it was kind of yeah. like full circle. Well, me. I was going to say, it's kind of full yeah. circle for that first song that you did for Lost exactly. Boy, right? I mean, exactly. You're back yeah. to the bedroom writing, writing music. Absolutely. Yeah. hundred percent. Wow. Um, so like with, with this record, you talked about, you know, with that first album, you have this huge hit with Lost Boy, and it's like I got you got the pressure of trying to follow it up, right? With an, with 11, 10, 11 more songs. Do you feel like now that you're on the, they always say like the second record, the sophomore record is always the hardest one because it's like your other album went gold. Like, is, was that ever a like a thing in your head? Like, okay, now I got to follow up this first hit record or. Yeah, I think so. I think everyone I've talked to says the same thing. Like your second album is the most pressure. But again, I think for me, it was a unique experience in the fact that my first one felt like so much pressure that with this one, I was like, I'm taking my time. I'm doing things how I want to do them. And so I did exactly that. And I really just like lived life. And in the midst of it, I would write songs and I would have feelings and put them into music. But yeah, I think, I think for me that it just didn't compare to the pressure from the first one. So for this one, I really did just have such an amazing time writing it. That's awesome. And you've put out, uh, well, the most recent one is called Die Fast. And tell me, tell me about like, which, how much of the record was written in, in Canada in your bedroom versus in New York? Yeah, I would say like, it's about a 50, 50 split. I think I did like six of the songs there and like five here. I, I wrote one in LA, like back in 2018, but yeah, Die Fast was, Die Fast actually, um, I started writing that song like maybe four or five years ago. And then it was just an idea I like revisited when we were working in New York. And originally it was like this really sad, slow ballad. And then I played it for my producer, Patrick. And he was like, this could be like fun and kind of up-tempo. So it's one of those songs that, completely underwent like a transformation but um I, th I think that's again why I loved like making this album was that collaborative pro process which I just didn't have for the first one I was very much like I'm going to do everything myself but with this one being able to work with other people have their input it just I think it made all the difference mm -hmm. were you able to write with people when when you're in Canada like was it over zoom or like like how was that <laughs> yeah we did I did a lot of zoom sessions and uh there's sometimes too where I would travel to the US like last summer and then I'd come back. And when you come back here, you have a mandatory quarantine for two weeks. So I would literally just like 
yeah. be in a hotel room or be in my basement for two weeks and just like on Zoom sessions of like all day. So it was uh yeah, it was quite the experience for sure. It's a pretty tight <laughs> lockdown there, right? Do you have to do I Correct me if I'm wrong. I heard that if you come into here, say you came to the United States this week, right? And you're going to go yeah. back. You have to go to like a government issued mm -hmm. like quarantine place. Yeah, I just did that a couple months ago. I was uh, in Ohio for a little bit visiting. And when I came back, I had to stay in a hotel for three days until you get a negative test. And then you have to finish the remainder of your 11 days like in a tight space. They send officers to make sure you're like not going out like randomly. And if you really? are, you can get fined up to like $750,000. It's, it's so crazy. It's finally starting to lift now. Um, and they're saying if you're fully vaccinated that you might, you don't have to do that. But yeah, for the past year, it's been like, you can't go anywhere. Cause it's like that two weeks, it sounds like easy to do, but then when you're actually doing it, it is. That uh, sounds brutal. It's brutal. It's, oh it's my gosh. Cool. Yeah. So well, my family's from Ohio originally. So where oh, were cool. you in Ohio? I was I'm in scared. Columbus. My boyfriend actually oh. lives. He's he's in Columbus, Ohio. Buckeyes. So. Is Buckeyes yeah, he fan? plays for them. He plays. Does for them. he really? Wow, that's cool. Yeah. I went yeah, to a Buckeyes yeah. game. My uncle went to Ohio State. Oh, and cool. He, so he, um, because he's an alumni, he gets like a maybe like one set of tickets a year because yeah. they're so big. And I have never seen a crowd like that. Like a hundred twenty thousand people. Not not one of them wearing the opponents like sure holy crap yeah 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 no he tells me about it all the time i mean i only got to watch his games during covid so like and he was uh, on the basketball team there so it was like it's like me and his family and like a bunch of the teammates families but he's always told me that their their fans and crowds are like insane and i'm like i want to see it so bad it is crazy like yeah legitimately the whole city of columbus like uh, the surrounding area of the college shuts down for the whole day so if it's a football game, your, your boyfriend plays on the basketball team. Yeah. Okay. So I've, I've only been to the football game, the one football yeah. game there. Yeah. And like, there's this, uh, there's this bar next to it called the varsity club. Mm -hmm. So like only, only 120,000 people can get into the stadium, but there's probably a, which is insane, but yeah. the, you know, the whole city's there and everyone is in front of their house, drinking, like playing oh games, like got the game on the TV outside or the radio. And then they go to this bar called the varsity club and it's like this huge parking lot and every drink is in a can and so they just throw the can you just throw the cans <gasps> in the ground so i'm sure at the, so at the end that you can just like bulldozer them all up and just Dang. recycle all the cans. it's yeah, yeah, yeah. it's nuts it's quite wow. you need to go it is like I, the I most to. gnarly experience you'll ever it's it's crazy so so crazy that's, yeah <laughs> he's all yeah you're just echoing what he says that's insane yeah so it's cool. nuts you need once this all opens up again you or sure. your mind is going to be blown because yeah. it is crazy it's <laughs> <laughs> so cool <laughs> oh wow well okay well back to your record sorry um yeah, no worries yeah yeah so die fast is the most recent song but the whole record coming out tomorrow um yeah what are you most excited about aside from having the album out yeah, I'm uh, I'm really honestly just excited to kind of like let this piece of me go into the world. I think just because I've been working on it since like 2018, it's it's been with me and like um yeah, for for a while. So I'm just I'm just excited to like put it out there and give it to people and it not just be my little thing. Um and I feel like it's been a long time coming, you know, 4 years is is a lot for in between albums. So I'm excited for uh, people to hear what the last little bit of my life has looked like.
I love it. And have yeah. you been working on new material ever since then? Or is it just really focusing on this record? Yeah, no, I've just been, fo I, I'm like excited to not write for a little bit, honestly. <laughs> like I'm yeah. really pumped to just not think about writing or production or anything for a little bit. Cause I feel like, the, especially cause of the whole quarantine thing, it's just been so much more like at the forefront uh -huh. and all I've been doing. So I'm just like excited to just not do that. Yeah, I can't imagine, especially coming back and having to deal like that is crazy to me that you only you get three days and then it's like, okay, negative test. Now you have to go home and then we're going to send people to your door to make sure that you're yeah, and you have to get tested again. It's, it's like, yeah, it's I mean, there's videos of people being like hauled out of airport. they were like scaring us like hauling them out of airports into these facilities like hotels. Um, yeah, it just it was quite 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 the year here. Sure. yeah how's the how's the hotel situation that they hook you up with is it rough it's, or no it's these? not rough it makes you feel <laughs> like you're like a wild like zombie or something because they're like in suit has like they drop your food Hazmat. off in like a bucket yeah you don't see anyone if you want to go outside you can like call the front desk they'll like, escort you for like five minutes to get air go come back in it's like yeah you feel like I'm wow okay. This I don't I'm not sick. Why why is this happening to me? Yeah. Um, I mean I mean yeah. at least I mean, this will be some it's something you could tell tell the kids. I'm you really know. excited. I have war stories. I'm excited. You definitely. do, you do definitely have war stories. Wow. Is yeah. there a TV in that room? I hope. Something to do yeah. a computer. Yeah, there's a TV. <laughs> I have my own. I had my computer and stuff. So I was okay. It was just yeah. Just really dragged. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Definitely. Well, congratulations on the album. I cannot wait to hear mm -hmm. it. And are you, I don't know if you can, if you can say, but are you planning on doing any shows? Cause it looks, I mean, you're kind of in the worst of it, but if you were able to come down to the States, I think stuff is opening up a little bit. Yeah. Do you have any plans to do that at all? Or do you not want to deal with the quarantine again? No, there's <laughs> definitely a light now for sure. Um, at the end of the tunnel in terms of touring, we're actually putting together a, a digital tour right now, which is kind of cool that I've been working on for the past month. Um, which is nice because again, right now it's like, like the idea of touring live kind of seems crazy, but mm -hmm. yeah. So, I mean, I'm excited to at least be able to put the songs in front of people in a live, in a live setting, even if it's not directly in the same room. Um, That's so, cool. Yeah, so are you going to do like a, you're going to, are you going to like perform the record somewhere or like have different, is it all going to be different shows? Yeah, no. So it's, there's four different shows. They're kind of all over the world, Europe, Africa, America, Canada, wow. um, Asia, and then yeah, we've we've already re like recorded it and stuff, mm -hmm. and I think it's happening June seventeenth and eighteenth. And there, it's cool because they're I'm performing all the songs and then also giving like the backstories to how I wrote them, which I usually don't do. Wow. Um, so it's like super intimate. It's in my hometown. Yeah, I'm excited for people to see. It'll be fun. That is really cool. What a cool experience. Did, were you able to do the show in front of anybody, or was it just like to an open room? No, it was just like me and the crew and uh, occasionally my friends would like pop in to say hi. Was yeah. Like, was it kind yeah. of strange doing it that way or? Yeah, I mean, it is, but I feel like the last like year, I mean, all of, I've been doing so much like virtual online, like recordings, performings and stuff. So you kind of are, get used to it. Obviously it's like you wish there was people in the room and that it was like mm -hmm. a real show, but I guess for now it's, um, it'll suffice. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much, Ruth, for doing this. This has been great. I appreciate it. Um, I do have one more question before I let you go. Yeah. Do you have any advice for aspiring artists? Great question. Um, 
Yeah, I think for me, I would just say, like, I always say to to write your most honest music if you're writing. People always ask me, how do you write? How do you write? I think the best place to start is as if you're like writing in a journal. I always say that, like, put just put your thoughts on paper, see what comes up. Something good is going to be in there. And then lastly, I always tell people, like, you have to be your, your biggest fan. Um, and even though sometimes you're going to get down on yourself, you're going to hate everything you're doing you just, you can never give up on yourself because the second someone else does, you're just like, it's going to be over if you don't have that belief in you. So yeah, just like, you know, be solid in who you are, figure yourself out, but just always, always.